you know, the adventures don't have to be epic and huge. You know, they can be going hiking 10 miles away. It just depends on what feels like an adventure to you. And that's the important thing. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 47 of Life in Motion. To kick off season three, I've got Kristen and Matt online who are the ones behind the blog and podcast Keyword Adventure. As the name might suggest, they, along with their son Eric, have set out on a mission to explore the world by foot, bike, RV, and even a sailboat. Um, so I can't wait to, to hear about their adventures and what they've learned along the way. Um, but Kristen and Matt, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for inviting yep, us. Yeah, so, so before we get into all of your crazy adventures, I, I feel like there's some good ones. Uh, what, let's set the stage of who you guys are. Um, you know, where did it all start, where you grew up, hobbies you had? Basically, how did you get to where you are today? Oh, man. All right, Kristen, you first. Yeah, well, we both <laughs> pretty varied work and kind of background hobby life at, to, to a certain point, and so it's pretty different in, in a lot of ways, but I grew up here in Springfield, Missouri, okay. and I uh, going to college out in Arizona. So I ended up completing a degree in conservation biology and worked as a biologist in several different sectors in Arizona and Florida. Um, but coming to the end of my term in Florida, I was kind of feeling done with corporate life in a way and uh, ended up building out a van and traveling in that for six months around the country. <laughs> so that really changed everything for me. It changed my perspective on the work I was doing and the way I saw the country and natural places. And so I ended up uh, going back to Arizona and doing a life coaching certification and moved over to North Carolina to work in that area and be closer to the Smokies. So uh, let's see, I grew up mountain biking and rock climbing at Springfield's first indoor gym with my sister actually at the uh, tender age of 13. <laughs> so <laughs> we got started kind of early back then and those sports ended up following me everywhere I went and when I got out to Arizona um, fell in love with adventure racing. So when I got to Florida then and worked for that time, I learned about sea kayaking after working at a shop there. And um, that journey just expanded from there. So I, I'm from Nixa, which is a small town just south of Springfield. Yeah. And yeah, I lived, uh, grew up here. We actually, uh, I bought my grandfather's house. So I have not gone very far. I did go away to college at CMSU and I studied aviation. Okay. And, uh, that kind of stuff and that was I got my uh, license one month and eight days before 9-11 so oh wow uh, after <laughs> a little bit of a job hunt I ended up uh, mowing lawns for a living and I owned a I started a company in 2003 and it was American Lawn and yeah I did that for the next on and off uh, owned that company until 2018 yeah, I would take breaks here and there. I would, uh, I bartended. Uh, basically, uh, <laughs> mowing lawns is a pretty kind of solitary thing that you're doing. You've got your employees or whatever that uh, are helping out, but you don't really want to hang out a ton with them. Yeah. And so I ended up doing some other fun stuff along the way, uh, including working at Dynamic Earth and uh, managing the okay. store there. 
that's kind of a, a local outdoor gear shop in Springfield, <laughs> Missouri. And that's also where I met Kristen. Yeah. Um, no, good, good memories, good memories. Good uh, memories. Very yeah. good memories. Well, as far as the, you know, my outdoor sports and hobbies, I've always been attracted to water. And so grew up canoeing as a kid and then got into whitewater kayaking. And that uh, kind of led me all over the country chasing whitewater everywhere. <laughs> eventually became a kayak instructor. Uh, taught uh, whitewater kayaking through the Arkansas Canoe Club. And a few other places, we kind of donated time to go out and teach with uh, Wounded Warriors once or twice, and those kind of things. We just oh, wow. had a wonderful experience. And I, I liked going mountain biking and hiking as well, but was definitely more drawn to the water sports side of things. Well, that's how he ended up hitting on me the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny is it wasn't even, it was, we, all we did was whenever we first met, and, and she did, she came into the store, and it was like, you know, she was talking and it was just like, oh yeah, she's like, I like to kayak, but I've always wanted to learn to whitewater kayak. And I was like, hi, I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> and it worked. And then funnily enough, our first date wasn't paddling, we went rock climbing. Yeah, we went down to Sam's Throne for a couple of days. And it's one of those moments, and I think a lot of people in different outdoor activities, when they're comfortable in that lifestyle, have, have moments like this where, here we are, I kind of know this guy. <laughs> but we're driving to Arkansas together for the oh man, I must really like him. <laughs> uh, you gotta trust your gut with that, I guess, right? <laughs> Sam Throne, with it, I don't know if all of your listeners are familiar with it, but it's kind of out there as far as Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of the few places that you don't get a lot of light pollution in the central U.S. So it's definitely remote. So it was a good date. Obviously, it was a good yeah. day. I stuck around. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that's yeah. that. That's awesome, and it's yeah. and it's cool that you guys kind of mesh those those two outdoor. Uh, your love for the outdoors, kind of that way, and found each other that way. So it's always a fun fun story. Um, yeah. Well, you know, for us, and then life kind of kept going as far as like, you know, of course, it unfolded. Um, yeah, it unfolded. <laughs> We had Eric about a year and a half later. Mm. Uh, well, funny, we got, we got engaged and then found out we were pregnant. And we've never actually bothered to go ahead and get married. And it's been nine years, so. And it's okay. <laughs> to anybody out there, it's okay. Life is okay. <laughs> like, we, we had the kid and everybody's like, okay, your adventures are over now. Yeah. It's, it's done. Yeah. And we weren't really willing to accept that it's uh it's changed yeah but it wasn't over and we kind of stuck locally for quite a while um she says that but eric was six months <laughs> old and we drove across uh down to arizona yeah. to go visit people and go hiking <laughs> yeah which is what I, how how long of a drive is that like about 20 hours 18 to 20 and we split it up over uh, yeah. was, three days. was that with did you guys have an rv and stuff then or was that just like hopping in the car and going to meet your friends yeah well and honestly at that age with an infant it's kind of easier to do those trips because they sleep so much it does <laughs> you well, don't have quite I, as much of i will disagree with you on that so it is just a, a tidbit so uh, so i have a uh, my, or my wife and i have a, a two-year-old and a oh. nine-month-old they're um and so we took our first big trip this winter, this winter, this summer, um, down to to Destin, um, 
and you know it's like a 12 or 14 hour straight trip or whatever it is um we're like oh we'll just go overnight it'll be fine like Sutton our oldest he always he's he's the best sleeper ever sleeps through the night all like just he's amazing at home Kai um the youngest he wakes up every once in a while but no Sutton was up all night screaming his head Mm -hmm. off the whole drive it was the war like it it's just we completely misread everything it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) you know that makes me think of actually on this road trip eric couldn't get comfortable for the first little while and matt eventually looked back there and and it's him in his car seat and he said he needs something snuggly he has a stuffed animal but there's nothing really that comfortable about those car seats and he ended up putting a blanket kind of around his lap and you know tucked up next to it Within minutes, that kid was out. Yeah, he has a little, he had a little fleece blanket that we'd kind of wrap him in if it was a little bit colder, but he loved, he'd rub his face on it and he loved snuggling into it. Yeah. And the the minute I put that down there, I I want (laughs) to say we had to wake him up to feed him. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Jeremy, (laughs) I'll just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But, but regardless, there, so you guys didn't waste any time on going to your next adventures and slowing down. Like, you You know at this stage as eric was getting a little older and everything we were noticing some things that weren't quite typical and so you know how doctor's visits and stuff like that go and eventually uh some tests were happening and we discovered that he had a genetic has a genetic uniqueness that was going to be a part of our lives going forward for the rest of our lives and it was kind of like receiving a diagnosis with no prognosis for the future because they simply don't have information about his specific genetic deletion. So it shows up like autism. Um, he has some global delays, but he's also a very capable, very smart kid. And so with that, it was like, I mean, it was, it was like getting hit by a truck. Yeah, and we had been traveling here and there uh, you know, this is pretty much, most of this is before preschool. And so we had been traveling and we always noticed that most of the time when we travel, a cognitive leap of some sort would come. And your mm. parents will be familiar with this. They're like, oh, and then he figured this out. <laughs> and, and it would generally, it would help generate that. Right. And then we started into preschool and the teachers, so anytime we would go on a trip, we'd come back to teachers and like, what are you doing? He's doing everything that we tried to get him to do before he left. When he left, he's now doing that. So yeah. whatever you're doing, keep, keep going. And we're like, <laughs> all we're really doing is traveling. And, you know, you're, you're kind of forced out. So anytime you're in your home environment, there's lots of distraction. Yeah. When you get out of that home environment, even though you're going to these fantastic places, there's less of that daily distraction and you're able to focus on each other and where you're at more. And I think that really stimulated it. Mm -hmm. So we, and on top of that, it was that moment that you kind of think, wow, since we don't have that expectation of what, I think when you have kids and you start a family, you have some idea of what you expect the future to kind of lay out like. And there was a chance it wasn't going to look like that at all. So it was that feeling of, hey, what are we waiting for? If we want to do this and it's a good thing for him right now, then let's take the savings, let's sell the business and try this for a while and see what happens for him. And so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There's always a challenge here yeah. and there, but <laughs> it's, a, it's important to think all the doctors and things like that that we go through, specialists are back here in Missouri for the most part. Right. Um, some of them are in Kansas City. And, you know, so we're always traveling back to, to make sure and meet appointments and check, you know, do health updates and those kind of things. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, that's the thing is you kind of have to roll with the punches and roll with those challenges and be adaptable. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, and how, and I, I'm sure you said this, but how old is he again now? He's seven. Yep. Seven. seven and a half. <laughs> so, and that, so it's, it's interesting that, that you all said, you know, that I guess once you found out about this, that whoever the doctor the teacher noticed that he was kind of developing, I guess, in a, in a better, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I don't, I'm not, but in a better way by having those outdoor experiences is essentially what you guys were saying, right? Well, Which, especially with some of the uh, anxiety that can go along with autism and, and that kind of thing, getting outdoors, being outside in nature had a very calming effect on him. And I've heard that from other parents with yeah, autistic grounds children. Him out and he, just, yeah. he, he calms down. He's, he's much more kind of in the moment with you which is nice yeah that that's awesome because and like i said I've, I've had some some different nonprofits on here before um that are kind of geared with getting individuals um that might have some circumstances like that uh mm -hmm. you know, like there's a surf organization in um in florida that kind of uses surfing as sort i guess more or less like a like you said kind of a, a more or less a therapy i guess for for kids that are, are have have those challenges if you will or, or the the correct thing to solve but anyway so it, but so it's interesting hearing your firsthand experiences with that which is which is awesome i guess in a way to reinforce that idea that that nature is really you know it's it's calming and does have those benefits especially at an early age that you guys were able to catch on to that and like hey you know what this is working it also happens to work great with your lifestyle anyways that you had before that um which is a plus i guess um <laughs> We're so, not, yeah, so that's great. Yeah, well, we're not experts as far as, you know, raising a kid goes. Or, right. You know, both of us <laughs> had some, some basic instruction on how to teach in the past, but we always come back and we check in with people who do know what they're talking mm -hmm. about. And, um, you know, he had specialists that he met with when he was in preschool that we stayed in touch with and we would check in and see. Mm -hmm. You know, what can we work on? What, what do we need to be doing? Yeah. Um, you know, so we we're constantly trying to educate ourselves about the best way to teach him. Right. And so it wasn't just go out and figure it out. Is we, we, One of our big tricks is always ask for help. You know, don't be afraid to go in and ask somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, what's the best way to approach uh, different topics or different subjects? Mm -hmm. And then when we're back here, we do therapies, uh, occupational and speech therapy. Yeah. Uh, right now along with a little bit of physical therapy whenever we can. COVID's been tough with a lot of Oh, parents. yeah. That's true. That's, well, that's, that's great. So, so you kind of figured that out when he was in it or around preschool age. So when was, and, and that's kind of when it sounded like you sort of made the jump, if you will, was like, hey, we're going to go all in with that and kind of do this little hybrid, like you, you just explained. So what was that first, what was that first trip then? Like that first like long-term you know, we're just we're hopping on the road for you know however a month or two, or I don't know how long you guys usually go on there. But what was what was that like? That first kind of it's kind of like taking a bucket of paint and throwing it at a wall, <laughs> which <laughs> is super fun. There, we started out. We got the diagnosis officially, and we were in 
uh, we had a trip planned to go down to visit my dad in Florida. Mm -hmm. And he lives on the coast, uh, on the Gulf Coast down there. And so we were in a little bit of shock. I mean, it's, it's a big chunk of news to get all at once. And, you know, to know that, and the worst part was, is they're like, well, we don't know exactly what this means, but, you know, here's this study that involves 12 kids that, that, the, that they did in the UK. And it's sort of like what he has, but not exactly. You know, and it, yeah. and it, they were talking about, you know, uh, kids that would only know like maybe 12 words right or they maybe never, never walk right. would maybe never feed themselves feed themselves all and kinds of stuff and he was stupid. already doing a lot of that mm -hmm. yeah uh, and he is way more capable than anything that was on that spectrum of people that had been studied so uh, we knew that there was a lot of openness there <laughs> going forward and, and we, yeah, we really went after it the same way. I, I have to give Chris and all props to this because she was the one that was doing a lot of, of research and connecting with people on forums and on Facebook groups and those kind of things, really trying to get a handle on what it was going to look like. Right. And the, there was such a wide variety and it kind of came down to, we just needed to, oh, refocus on, uh, that first trip uh you know it was so that was we were in florida and it, once again we came back and he had you know had a good time we taught him to swim while we were down there or well he's playing around in the water where like that, <laughs> getting more comfortable with it exactly and so yeah. i was like well, what we're doing is seeming to work mm -hmm. and we we had the the medical tool so the way they noticed that something was going on is he quit growing um, I mean, we're talking like hair and fingernails, height, all of it to quit growing. Really? Um, and so they got him on a growth hormone. Yeah. And so we have to we have to do that uh, six days a week. So that first trip, we knew we were going to have some more logistics. And that that year, we decided we were going to go visit my brother in Oregon, uh, him and his long, very long time girlfriend, live out there on near Eugene. Okay. And in order to do that, we <laughs> bought an RV. Just say as an aside here that after going from van life, <laughs> where I would sit in a in a campground in my little van with another person living in the van, and <laughs> these campers, these big RVs, and be like, man, what are these people thinking? Why in the world would they buy a huge RV? And then sitting in Washington State for three weeks with one day out of that not raining, I suddenly got it. <laughs> and that was how we ended up looking at RVs more seriously because for a family it made a lot of sense and we also drag our pets along with us so <laughs> it's a full house you gotta have room right <laughs> and you know and that was the thing is it's like okay if we're going to travel we know we, we from traveling with Eric already we knew he liked to have things like his own space and his things around him and so an rv allows him to have that same familiar place to mm -hmm. sleep and to be comfortable yeah it's uh, not changing to a hotel room or something every other night and yeah just a couple you know and that's the thing is if you wanted to go on an extended trip then by the time you spend money on hotel rooms you've almost made your rv payments for an entire year hmm. and you that's can only point. for a couple two or three weeks yeah and so that's one of the other reasons we went with the RV is the space. Mm -hmm. Plus with a landscaping company, 
I had trucks to pull it with. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, pulling trailers and those kind of things, that, that was something that I had been doing for years. And so it's really comfortable towing an RV. So we bought a travel trailer mm -hmm. to travel out to Oregon and back. And that was, that was a lot of fun. It was very doable. Uh, well, and we all did it so smoothly, I would say, you know, even the pets and there was Eric, no major failures. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of protests from any of the members because that's one thing we're always checking in, no matter where we're traveling or how we're doing it, even if it's just going on a hike, we're constantly checking in with everybody's comfort levels and, you know, abilities and all of that just to be sure that we're not making it a miserable experience for anybody. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to drag the kid everywhere and he just hates it. Yeah. So, <laughs> trying to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like he's on board, so. He is. He's very much on board. He will, and he will let you know if he, if he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> I will say this, uh, for, for those of you, if you're ever going to buy a brand new RV, mm. Well, we do mention this in the podcast, but yeah. uh, so we our very first trip in the RV, the little test trip, <laughs> we went to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. And this was winter time, and so they had us up on top of the hill, and they'd had most of their uh, water and septic and that kind of stuff shut off for the season, except for uh, the, this one pull-through dump station site. And remember, this is the first time we've had this thing <laughs> out, and we picked it up brand <laughs> dealership. Mm -hmm and had been assured that everything was okay. Uh -huh. And I popped open the uh, the Blackwater tank seal the, <laughs> to drain it, and oh, the mechanism <laughs> had not been assembled correctly. Oh. So it was theoretically closed, it was open. You know the scene in the movie RV where Robin Williams opens and starts to dump the tank? <laughs> Very simple. I had to take a shower because <laughs> when you go to block it, it, it kind of sprays everywhere. It's more of a it was, there, there, Yeah. Oh, and after all that, you still wanted to keep. <laughs> you know, there have been so many moments where one person has something happen, and you just have that moment where everybody gets quiet, and you say, "I don't want to talk about this. Just to go take care of myself, and I'll be back." <laughs> Notice it happens on the first day of a trip, <laughs> yeah, or the first day of a kind of trip. So for us, we uh, when we got the sailboat, the very first day we were taking the boat off the dock. Oh for Lord, us. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a we got to do a man overboard drill mm -hmm. at the dock. Mm -hmm. So he loves to tell his story, folks. <laughs> so we're pulling out, and we're I mean from the from sitting to. Uh, the rail where Kristen's, you know, pushing us off the dock, mm -hmm. and it's she, she's got to give a good, pretty good push to get us clear of everybody else's dock to where we were at. It's a heavy boat. And it's a heavy boat. It's a nice, long, steady push. But anyway, uh, the boat hook that she was using to push off the pier went slipped, and she fell yeah. between the boat and dock. I sure Ooh. did. Yeah. <laughs> there I went. Splash. <laughs> she didn't hit anything on the way down. Nope. Lucky. But, uh, alligators that day yeah. that was good so there i was <laughs> the dogs and i was uh trying to navigate the boat uh to figure out how to come back and get her so mm -hmm. it yeah. was uh it's one of those first day scenarios so. that's well you know i guess you'd rather learn it then than than later right know what to expect <laughs> i guess 
thing is, you know, you just get it out of the way. I got my shot, got her back. We're okay. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let let let's talk a little bit about the the sailing trip. So, did you did you guys get a boat as well? Like, do you guys own a boat, or did you like rent a boat? Like, I don't know how that that works. First of all, I guess my first question. The sailboat world is pretty much divided into uh, two parts. You can rent them um, and ch or charter them. Okay. So where you would go down with your bags and, um, and, it's and fully basically loaded and ready to go. Yeah. And go. Yeah. You know, normally you have to buy your own groceries and that kind of thing, but it'll have, it'll be a, a newer boat and it'll be in good shape and away you go. Hmm. Or you can buy a boat. And when you get into the realm of looking at a sailboat to buy, there's everything that you can get for free. I mean, literally, they people give them away. There's no <laughs> such thing as a free boat because you can spend a lot of money on that thing. Here yeah. you go. To you know the ones that are you know four or five times the value of my home. Yeah. So, uh, we we when we were looking for a sailboat, we weren't really looking that hard at first and then we got more serious about it as we realized that it was pretty doable mm -hmm. and we because of the business we had been putting money back for another truck and once we decided we were going to sell the business that fund was available you know to spend on other things like and a boat so we put it towards a boat so <laughs> we got a sailboat for less than a good used diesel truck uh, <laughs> And that's, you know, that, that was the thing is we uh, put a big down payment and finance part of it. Yeah. And, and she's know, an antique. She's. It is. Yep. It's a 1975 Wellington 47. Wow. Beautiful. Uh, you can, if anybody's really curious, you can look at her. She's on Instagram. <laughs> uh, it's SV Moon Dragon. Yes. <laughs> you know, anytime you get a boat, you get a lot of different reactions from people. And I would say that's true for any type of, if you take on an adventure or action lifestyle of any type, you're going to have people in your inner circle who simply don't get it. They think you're nuts. Yeah. Now, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, background, we didn't just be like, we need to sail and buy a boat. <laughs> My dad had a small boat uh, down in Florida, and we sailed a bunch on that. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and we took lessons, actually, at uh, Stockton Lake, just okay. north, so through the American Sailing Association. And then, then you know, we, we spent more time sailing, and then it was we found the boat for us. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just a, oh, this is going to be a great idea. Let's go figure it out. <laughs> there's, you know there's a little bit of planning. Right, but there are lots of people who do that. Yeah, some of them not so <laughs> successfully. But. Yeah, we've met a lot of people, including families, who just one day woke up and decided they wanted to have a boat and live full time on it, and they have never sailed before. And I tip my hat to him for trying but it's not for the faint it of heart <laughs> it, well the thing is is when you get down to managing the family and then the experience and then the sailing mm. it starts to be become very overwhelming for them yeah and you know you never want to see somebody have that experience and that's a lot about what we talk about with you know our business and keyword adventure and a podcast and website it is we want people to be able to we want to make the adventures approachable mm -hmm. and we want to encourage them to get out there and just seek it out and realize that when things aren't going as planned, that's literally when the adventure's beginning. Mm. Yeah. So, 
that's that's a big thing for us and that's why <laughs> we chose to try and and include more people in that experience yeah that's that's awesome so where where got where all did have you all sailed from We've gone around florida quite a bit we spent one season we've only had the boat for two seasons okay and so we spent our first one in Florida, and really this was when we were doing a lot of the work on it. Uh, we were getting used to how she handles and sailing with her in shower waters and that kind of thing. Yeah. And we went down to the Keys and spent a couple of months down there. Yep. And then this last season, we decided uh, to go farther, and we got out to the Bahamas. And really? And an excellent time just as COVID was hitting. <laughs> no. Well, the Bahamas and where we were at um, you know we, we do what's called provisioning so you buy a whole bunch of your basic food and supplies yeah. and things like that and stock it onto the boat and then you're good for two or three months at least yeah and you know you're pretty self-sufficient um, other than going in for water or fuel mm -hmm. and so we got out into the Bahamas and we got in with a group of uh, other sailors that we met and you know really having a good time and kind of quarantined and stayed together uh, for Eric's you know uh, Eric's uh, health and for one of the other the other people in the group's health and so we were pretty well self-sufficient out there uh, by ourselves but the trick was you could not go into any marinas yeah. um, and then they started doing lockdowns where you had to stay on the boat for five days at a time that's with two dogs and a kid who needs to run that wasn't working. oh yeah and that was all covid related the kid needed short time as well yeah and mommy needed short time short time too. <laughs> and so even though where we were at was behind an uninhabited privately owned island and you know completely remote we were six miles from the nearest town it was a uh, it, it became a thing so yeah all the all the signs said it was time to go and so we had our longest sail then back to the keys back to key west uh and back up to the fort myers area for four straight days yep. we were on the boat getting back wow. and yeah. that was epic <laughs> <laughs> it was you know the and that was the thing was the weather was good and so yeah. we were able to make good time and uh, we sailed straight from the Bahamas past uh, and bypassed Key West uh, and, and then right up into um, kind of our home zone. Up yeah, there. the home zone, yeah. the, the area that we knew real well uh, from the, the previous year of sailing. Yeah. Wow, that's in that's that's <laughs> interesting. I guess I didn't really think about it in, in that sense, you know, once you get there on a on a boat, you know, you know, lock down and that i mean yeah that's part of the boat is, is getting out of the boat right <laughs> being able to explore around and stuff kind of like going to an rv park and then being like okay stay in your rv <laughs> yeah right oh no this isn't going to work and then we yeah. call it the rv of the sea you know what i mean it is it's you know we even have two bathrooms in the boat the rv's only got one <laughs> So, so you guys never experienced any like bad weather or anything during that? Like me personally, I feel like that would be a concern of mine, but maybe that's just too many there's movies. A of, <laughs> there's a lot of planning and a lot of patience that goes into it. And it's kind of the, the saying with all the sailors is you don't try to get anywhere fast. Yeah. So we're constantly watching the weather predictors and the wind predictors. And, um, you know, we've sat in Key Largo at a, at a marina for two weeks 
waiting well, for the right fall, but yeah. yeah right waiting for the right weather window to be able to cross to the bahamas um, okay it wasn't completely uncomfortable and you know there's that's one of the sides of the logistics of of that particular lifestyle that i think um a lot of people don't know about is that there is a lot of waiting just so you don't have to be really uncomfortable or in a dangerous situation. And that's the thing is you, it, it kind of comes down to you're, you're picking the best conditions to go. Because yeah. it's always going to be you know, more comfortable tucked into a place that's protected from a lot of that. And of course, uh, when we talk about a sailing season, we're talking about the season that is from November until June. Okay. Hurricane season, right. <laughs> so you get you know much more stable weather patterns and those kind of things, and you're avoiding all of the nastiness. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you know, do you go out and walk your dog in a tornado? Well, you're gonna wait and die, whatever. Uh, it's the same thing. We we really you pick the best route for success and the best weather to be comfortable. Right. So like, so with that, I don't know if this relates or not, but so in like this, there are circumstances, you know, where you have to wait or, you know, just kind of, kind of roll with whatever's given with you or given to you. Do you, do you find any, any comfort in that? If that makes sense? Like, like any comfort in as a sense of, okay, you know, you guys committed to this long trip and you know, things are going to be unexpected versus, right. you know, being at home and you have a schedule and then something goes wrong at home you know, you kind of, you react to things, or, or I guess I'm asking, do you react to things differently? Does that make sense? I would say one has influenced the other, for sure. Yeah, the sailing is, you have to learn to be flexible. Right. That's the, the thing is, you know, at home, you know, nine, 99 times out of 10, you can get in a car, go to the grocery store, pick up what you need, come back, go to work, do whatever. But the, the travel and especially the sailing has taught us that we have to be flexible and you have to let go of that timeline mm -hmm. and, and, expectation. That, and that becomes some of the best part of it yeah. is being able to, and it's, it's an active mental game at first that you grow to love because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, we'll just do it later. Or no, I've, you know, we've got plenty of food. We'll, we'll take care of that later. It's that you know you've put the plan to work <laughs> right. and it's it's doing its job yeah well and i would say even relating to the adventure sports and action sports and i'll take this over to matt kind of and the things i've heard him talk about when it comes to whitewater kayaking in that you might go out to paddle a river one day and the conditions just aren't right yeah. you can just tell that it is not a friendly day to be out there on the river <laughs> You're not going to throw your boat in anyway and just see what happens. And it's really similar. I, I admit, way. I have I have picked my dates that I didn't want to paddle because the water looked angry. <laughs> and <laughs> the same thing for sailing. If the skies looked angry, I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, that's And that's more for comfort. I want yeah. everybody to continue to enjoy the experience. I want to have fun. Mm. And going out and getting beaten up is just not part of it. We're not ocean racing. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're fair weather cruisers and proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so while I was asking that, cause you know, I've, um, traveling myself, um, you know, around Europe and some other places, uh, one thing that I found, which is kind of interesting knowing how I act at home when I have like, not necessarily a schedule, but I, I, 
I guess my expectations are a lot higher, which is probably to my own fault, but I'm way more comfortable when I'm out of my comfort comfort zone with those uncertainties than I am at home with when something doesn't go as planned, if that makes sense. So that's, that's why I was curious to see if you guys experienced that same thing, which it sounds like you, you all do, you know, you're, you're into it and Hey, you know, Hey, I got to wait an extra week or a couple of days or whatever that is, you know, it's just part of it and doesn't affect you as much as if you're at home and something's like, Hey, no, sorry, you can't go to the grocery store for two days, you know? Absolutely. And that's right, right now, even it's kind of like, Oh, Hey, I forgot the pepperoni for the pizza. Would you mind popping out to get it? Where on the sailboat, you're not going to go get in the dinghy, yeah. go to Uber, go to the store. <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. Give you spicy chicken. <laughs> spicy right. canned chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Uh, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of times, you know, with being at home, if something, you know, kind of went wrong or you needed to fix it, I don't know that it stresses me out anymore because we've had those experiences on the boat where uh, our generator caught fire. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was a it was a simple thing where the the starter switch got not got pinned open, and we didn't realize it, and so the starter ran until it, it got too hot and caught on fire, uh, and so it was. That, yeah. I, you're like talking about that like very casually. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the mo- at the time, it was. A, there was a lot of cussing. <laughs> a lot of cussing, and mostly because it was incredibly difficult to fix and I spent I literally <laughs> I had to I because the starter uh it's just it's, <laughs> how do we say this with a short time frame it was <laughs> the most difficult thing to fix boat it is the starter on the generator it is incredibly difficult to get to that's all I have to say we call this boat because at the point that you have to do engine work of some type, we have a good space to do it in, but it's getting behind it. And so he'll literally oh. an engine with his arm contorted and some weird tool trying yeah. to get to the working, right spot. Yeah, working with a, uh, a mirror yeah. and a, a couple of flashlights <laughs> balanced down there. I basically laid, uh, I just had to disassemble a lot of it, but I basically laid on the side of that uh, generator for a week working on it i had to i had to uh, redo the wiring harness and replace the uh replace the starter that got cooked Mm -hmm. it was a uh, it was a learning experience yeah Yeah. to give the environment of this particular story (laughs) because this was a good one when we got down to this this was in key west when we got down there uh we had anchored for a little while we were getting ready to go on a longer trip and we needed to do just a little bit of work with some power so we went to a very nice marina and we're surrounded by this very nice resort. And we're right there on the closest side of the, the dock to these uh, hotel buildings and the pools and all that stuff. And so that's not the moment that you want your old boat to catch on fire. <laughs> no. And so at, at this point, you know, we're, while he's making sure that everything is out, I'm collecting everybody and getting them up onto the deck in case we do have to get off the boat. In case there's a problem. In yeah, case there's a problem. you never want to call the harbor master <laughs> and lead off with, everything's fine. It was a small fire. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you smell something charred, don't worry, it's us. <laughs> yeah. It was, and it was one of those things that it, 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 it teaches you that to, through owning my own business and having to fix equipment for you know 15 years or 16 mm. years i'm pretty familiar with how to fix a wiring harness or starters and 
all kinds of stuff. And so the actual like, I, I know how to I know how to fix it. Yeah. But it's the it was more the stress of the situation that we'd just gotten down there, and hmm. I had something else I needed to be working on. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> I can't even remember what something. we had to work on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the cockpit cushions yeah. and stuff before we left. And it was it was just one of those one more thing kind of moments. Yeah, but, but having a sense of humor eventually around all this stuff through. makes I mean, it enjoyable. Still. It's one of those things, you know. If you if you let those kind of things stress you, whereas I, I admit, it, if something breaks and I'm at home, I'm like, gum it. And <laughs> whereas down there, it was more like, I mean, it was a pain, but it didn't like ruin our day. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, it was, you know, at least, at least it happened. And you're always, and this is kind of funny, maybe I should do this more at home, but we're looking <laughs> on the bright side. Oh, at least we were at, you know, a marina in the United States. Right. We, uh, you know, we could step right onto the dock. We could order parts, mm -hmm. uh, Amazon, UPS, everything delivers right there. They bring it to your boat. There's a hardware oh, wow. store. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the, the, the equivalent of an O'Reilly's for sailboats is called West Marine, and it was up the street. Yeah. You know? Well, and going back to what you were talking about, Jeremy, it is one of those things where you learn to just kind of adapt to the situation because I think when you're stepping into those moments in travel, you realize that, yeah, if something happens that you're not expecting, then you know you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone just a little bit and find an alternative versus home where we have our patterns and we have our routines and you know we've had to visit doctors and vets and weird places and everything turns out okay and the community that ends up around you in sort of strange times is really fascinating to watch <laughs> it's beautiful how that community builds and people want to help take care of each other it was really nice when we were in the bahamas and it wasn't our boat that broke Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but one of the other boats was having problems with something. And uh, I mean, honestly, you, you see him go over and uh, was hollering at uh, one of the other guys who was with us, Rourke. And the next thing you know, there's all four of us are over there. It's like, well, I've got this part. Oh, I've got the pool, you know, get that off there. I brought the beer. I got more sailing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for it. But, uh, it was a neat kind of a community solution to a problem for somebody. Yeah. And we were living off their water makers, which was nice. They, uh, some sailboats, and you can equip a, you know, pretty much any sailboat with a water maker. So it's a desalination process. So you can make fresh water from seawater. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. You're going to be out and you can't go into marinas because of COVID. Getting yeah. some fresh water is kind of a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good. So, uh, it was uh, it was a nice way to get that all uh, and, and have that community. <laughs> that that's awesome. So so you kind of talked about uh, a little bit about of a ch I think that justifies the challenge that you guys face and overcome. Do you guys have any like any good stories of just like just maybe like your favorite trip or maybe your favorite trip within a trip or you know anything like that? Man, you know we've thought about that before we we sit down sometimes and sort of go through what our favorite places have been our favorite experiences and each place is so unique and the people are so different from region to region and it makes it really enjoyable but i think some of the things that have stood out to us the most um i know for me 
One of the first times traveling as a family that really stuck out was when Eric saw the ocean for the first time. Oh, yeah. And he was over a year old. And it was like that kid had been electrified. Getting <laughs> and we had to actually stop him because he wanted to toddle down straight into these big waves off the east coast of Florida. And he had no fear. It was just crazy to watch. But that will always stick with me. Uh, had he seen like the lake or a river or anything before then oh yeah yeah no he'd been in lakes and rivers and stuff but he so it was just it was the east coast of florida just the waves yeah. the waves crashing on the beach and it was <laughs> his whole i was holding him. we have it on video yeah i was holding him and it was like he was just like a little bottle of electricity and excitement <laughs> and clapping his hands all he wanted and... to do was go down there and get in the water it's like oh not yet. <laughs> yeah, well, and one of the things, you know, Matt and I used to kayak quite a bit together, but then uh, when Eric came along, we, we'd still kayak, but as he's gotten bigger, we found the paddle boards fit us well for that stuff. So he's been on the water quite a bit, and again, not a lot of fear about it. No. And no. that's one thing that we're also really cautious of then. Well, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have a lot, of, but, you know, it, it, that was a really big moment that stood out. The other one was actually one of our dogs who she's no longer with us, unfortunately, but the first time we took our sailboat out um, after I had swam a bit and then gotten back on the boat, we get out into the harbor and I'm not as upset about it anymore. And dolphins came out to kind of take us out into the harbor, which was super cool. And this one was swimming alongside the boat and our old dog, April, it was a beagle mix. And she looks down in the water and sees this dolphin who's turned on its side, looking back at her. And he's tap dancing with excitement, looking back at us like, do you see this thing? And the dolphin at the same time was going under, probably telling its friends the same thing. And then on, she was on dolphin watch and she would get so excited anytime she saw them. That's awesome. Did you guys, um, did you all play any classical music for him? So I always heard that if you play classical huh. music, that it kind of like attracts the dolphins. Game on. We'll, we'll have, have to try that. Yeah, we'll have to give that a shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's funny if you talk, for us, if we just talk to him, I've had him up at the bow for quite a while, especially the, the further we were out in the Gulf. Mm. Uh, you, you seem to get more pods of dolphins and stuff out there in more numbers yeah uh the but if you kind of talk to them and and that kind of thing that seems like it just makes them curious yeah really well, that's awesome. the classical <laughs> music we can. Yep. yeah no I, I try like i said my my dad is actually the one who told me that apparently when he was younger he um which he had no sailing experience at all i think one of his friends did but he ended up sailing a boat from like florida up to the chesapeake bay area i think um and whoever he was with had had sailing experience um and i think that's one of the things he's like yeah or you know they're out you know off the shore or whatever pretty far he's like yeah i'm gonna put on some classical music watch all these dolphins come up and they just like came out of nowhere so uh, like that might just happen with him that one time but hey it's worth a shot yeah. so <laughs> oh, yeah. Try anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh man and then i, I this is going to be a little goofy but uh so my 40th birthday was a, another big one for uh, for me, mm -hmm. and I actually invited a group of friends that I've been, you know, and my brother down to go sailing with us, and we sailed from uh, the Fort Myers area all the way down to Key West, 
and that was that was a pretty cool experience to get to share that with them and kind of the this this because none of them had ever been sailing before and yeah yeah well and especially getting to you guys got to dodge a uh, <laughs> yeah we got water to dodge spout. a water spout on the way so oh. water tornado on the water neat right yeah yeah <laughs> and so you're right in front of it <laughs> yeah well the thing is it's like where you can see this little bitty line of thunderstorms and it, it really looked like nothing mm. and you're getting we're getting really close to the uh, the channel that goes down to key west now this is something they have to dredge and dig out from time to time because it'll fill with sand and they run you know the big cruise ships through there but uh so we're getting down there but it is a somewhat restricted space and then suddenly uh right in front of us a, a water spout dropped down it was like oh oh no no we're not going to do that and about that <laughs> but the guys that are fishing on the back of the boat are like fish on it's like oh <laughs> So, That's the way it goes, right? Yeah, we, we turned off and took another loop out, and, and the water spout dissipated. We brought the fish on board, and you know, it was, it was, it was a nice night. But uh, that was, it was it was always a moment of like, you just you know, you know the adventures are starting. Oh yeah, well, so. absolutely. No. But it was funny is because it was so calm all the way down. There. <laughs> of course, so it I was. woke up the next morning on the way, you know, on the way down, and we divided all up into shifts, so. You know, nobody's driving the whole time. Nobody's having to sail the whole time or being on watch. Mm. And I uh, woke up that morning and I came out and the water was just like glass. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen it so just calm. Hmm. Yeah. And That's not that how something. it is when I'm on the boat with you on that. <laughs> it's big. And that, for some reason, that run between Fort Myers and Key West always gets me. And I have never seen it glassy out there. <laughs> 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 yeah, and that was that was something neat. That was something that I got to share because uh, a lot of the guys have been kayaking with me, or you know, lived and worked with me, and of course my brother. But uh, it, it was to be able to share the this new experience of sailing with them was was some I I will always remember. Yeah, and that's kind of a <laughs> on a different note with that. One of the things that we have noticed in our own travels and adventures, and we like to do some solo endeavors from time to time, where either we're doing it alone or uh, where the family is the support crew for the person doing it. And time and again, what seems to come out with the two of us is that the challenges that do come up, that even though you might get mad at each other or get your feelings hurt sometimes or something like that, Doing these things brings you back together in such a way that you do have to troubleshoot it and work through those challenges and figure out how to communicate with each other in, in a more constructive way. And I'd like to say that it's made our relationship stronger. Yeah. Being well, able to do that. I, I you know, most couples they they they're separate for most of their day. That's true. They yeah. spend hours together and we've spent we spent a lot of time together. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm happily happily <laughs> well it's, it's like a constant team building exercise you know i mean you have yeah. like you said there's challenges and you're the only person other person there is you so you gotta you gotta work together to figure it out so i mean it totally makes sense and she's she's got a shirt made for me that says please ignore the things that i said while you were docking the boat <laughs> 
a lot of times when when we get our what do I say our undies in a bunch or something it's because of our own stuff you know it's yeah. my own sensitivities to how I'm perceiving his tone or you know I just woke up in a bad mood or something and uh, it makes you sit down and self-reflect and we keep going <laughs> on better communication and yeah. a better understanding of how uh, the other person is perceiving what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, and we do do that uh, gently in front of Eric as well, because we want him to be able to see as he works on his own communication, because that's one of the areas he's delayed with. Um, we want him to see a healthy communication as much as possible. And so we're constantly learning with that too. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's, and that, yeah and back to that you know it's it's interesting thinking about the perspective that he's going to have growing up versus somebody else who's in a similar situation growing up in a regular i say regular household as in somebody that doesn't go you know sailing around the world or on rv so that's 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 uh that that's that's yeah no that's that's kind of interesting and it sounds like it's super beneficial for for that um and just the fact that you're you're you guys are able to go out and explore and adventure and and do all these awesome things and bring him along with you and just on on for the ride um that, that, honestly, that's really cool it is uh you know i mean we're, we sail because we enjoy it but he he loves the sailing as well mm -hmm. he calls it getting windy he does <laughs> that kid has the biggest time on it half the reason we should well not half the reason <laughs> Twenty percent of the reason we chose the boat that we ended up choosing was Eric loved it from the moment he was on it. Mm -hmm. and, really? I mean, I you you see him because we take him with him just to kind of get his reaction to see how he felt in the space and if he'd be comfortable. Um, and that was the thing is like he knew that was his space, and yeah. in the end, he was right. And he knew it from the first time he was on it. We got on it like two or three different times looking at it before we were ready to make an offer on it <laughs> because we we didn't you know it was it was a very big learning process it was fun but it was it was definitely a learning process yeah and he just knew yeah. <laughs> uh yeah and that's that's kind of the the same way we do a lot of our trips and things like that so we always want to make sure it sounds like we're going out and doing it for us but eric is having as much or more fun than we are yeah. the whole time and that's that's always a major concern for for both of us because if we know the other person or we don't want to feel like we're dragging them around or making yeah. them do something that they don't want to do oh, and yeah. so that's that's been an adaptive part of our our process because i love whitewater kayaking hmm. but it's not going to be as much fun for eric <laughs> <laughs> right really do check in with ourselves and each other about every six months and sort of review and say, how is this working for us? Is this currently still a beneficial thing for the people in our family and each individual and what they need right now? And sometimes it's hard to admit that something might not be fitting when it's working for you just fine, but that's part of being a family unit, right? So we adjust and see how it works into the future. <laughs> that, no, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's That's awesome. It's such a such an awesome experience. So, so with, so with that kind of one, something I always like to ask is, and you've actually had a bunch of little tidbits of advice, um, I feel like, but I, I always like to ask, you know, what, 
someone that's trying to, you know, there's a couple of different ways you can look at it, but you know, somebody's trying to break from the norm and kind of experience the world as you have, or might be in a similar circumstances as, as, uh, as you guys or, or that opportunity, what, what advice would you give them? You know, whether that's traveling together or just saying, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to make this trip. What, sure. what, what is the biggest thing that you think could help somebody with that? Don't listen to people who say you can't do something. Yes. That's, they, they're, they're speaking from their own uh, filters, perspectives, filters, perspectives yeah. hurt, or, you know, they may have given up on something. Uh, just if it's something that you are passionate about, there's always a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I would say be adaptable and let go of any expectations that you can. Because having expectations, having goals is great, but expectations can be limiting. Yeah. And if you're willing to kind of go with the flow and be open to the unexpected things, then it might really open some doors for you that you didn't expect. And, you know, uh, we always try to embrace the challenges as much as we can. Yeah. And this is going to be, this is something that I think it's a Marine saying, is embrace the suck. <laughs> <And> <laughs> It's, it gets bad. You know, sometimes you have to fix a starter in a Key West or, <laughs> yeah. you, know, a, a, you know, a a whole bunch of poo shoot in your face. Somebody <laughs> needs to go to the doctor on an island and you don't know where that is. You know, or, or something happens. You have to embrace those challenges and make it a funny part of the story later on. Yeah. And just and realize that it, do, it doesn't have to stop you. It doesn't have to ruin your day. It can frustrate you and maybe you should go take a moment. But, right. you know, come back with that, I can do it, and, and keep going. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say along with that, kind of hand in hand, is ask questions. And that's whether you think that it's possible that you can live a different lifestyle or choose a different career or whatever it might be. You don't know fully. You can't rule it out. And so you ask some questions and talk to people who either are doing it or have expertise in different ways because it might be a lot more feasible sooner than you ever expected. Yeah. I mean, if, especially another small example is parents that like to go hiking or, you know, or enjoy the outdoors and then they have kids and they don't think they can do that anymore. You definitely can. It's, it's, it's right there. It's super attainable. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, sometimes it might mean uh, saving up and buying a, piece of equipment like a kid carrier backpack right yeah. or learning you to use trekking poles so you don't fall on your you know or a bike trailer or a bike trailer yeah. or learning to travel in an rv instead of a jeep cherokee and a tent yeah you know, <laughs> you know the adventures don't have to be epic and huge you know they can be going hiking 10 miles away it just depends on what feels like an adventure to you and that's the important thing and, it, and you can slowly teach your kids uh, to uh, to love it as much as you do, yeah. just as long as you're not forcing it too hard. <laughs> that that makes sense. And that, that was a good point there. With you know, kind of growing, it doesn't have to be the most epic adventure up, up front, but if you if you start doing those little adventures with a kid, for example, you know they get more used to it, they get more excited about it. Then that's way cooler growing up with them as you know that that parent kid relationship because you're not waiting until you know until they're 15 to go out on these trips with them you know they've been doing this their, their whole life so those are trips just get better i would assume you know if you start younger you know what i mean 
Yeah, well, like you with the BMX biking and stuff, you started out on a tricycle or <laughs> something with the training wheels. And yeah. You got the itch to build a ramp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For me, it was, uh, I used to daydream about hiking the Appalachian Trail. And that started with just local hikes, going out to Busick, going down to Arkansas, and it grew from there. And I always loved paddling. Uh, that was that was kind of my my big realm into the action sports stuff, and sailing really became a, a came from that hmm. uh, that and flying. Yeah, the technical side of flying and reading weather and charts and those kind of things uh, has really been invaluable when I went to learn to sail and as part of that that challenge and that experience. So, yeah, that's a whole other part of sailing that I wouldn't even want to think about. <laughs> and the thing is, is, sailing can be as difficult and challenging as you want to make it. Mm. It can be just as simple as throwing a sheet in the wind and seeing where it pushes you. <laughs> to, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> go with the wind, I want to go over there. So then you learn how to, how to reshape that sail and, and manipulate the boat to make it go where you want. And it... it it's really just a step-by-step -step process. And the next thing you know, you're headed to the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing, man. I, I, I cannot tell you how, how uh, just, just taking those baby steps and being excited about the process of learning about the adventure is almost as much fun as the adventure itself. Hmm. Definitely. So, so with that, um, where, where can people find you online, um, to check out? I know you guys have a blog and a podcast and all that stuff where you, you share those, those specific adventures and everything. Where can people find you online, follow you and see, see what you're up to? Sure. We have a website that's keywordadventure.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. And then the podcast is we're on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, uh, Google, all, yeah. pretty much anything. You can tell Alexa to look up Keyword Adventure Podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, getting ready to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, everyone definitely um, check out their their social and their and their podcast and blog and stuff like that. There's some there's some good stuff on there. Some good, like I said, specific um, tips and stuff that I saw on there. Um, really for anybody, it seems like. So, and I'm excited to see kind of where you guys are are, are headed next and what the next big adventure is. Hopefully not. Ho hopefully the next place lets you not be stuck inside your RV or in a boat or anything like that. Hopefully all this pandemic stuff will slow down with the vaccine, knock on wood, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, thank you both for being on the podcast today and kind of sharing your story. And, um, yeah, I definitely wish you all the, the best of luck. Thank you, really, Thanks for bringing us in. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. And Hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.